0: Welcome back to Lemon Water, the podcast that quenches your thirst. I'm Nick. And I'm Alex. Good evening, Alex. Good evening, Nick. How are you doing? Uh, better. New Year's Eve left me uh, puking at 2.45 in the morning uh, because, of, because food poisoning, not
1: because drinking. But <laughs> uh-huh. well, it's funny, though, because the topic we're going to talk about today is about kids who puke because of drinking, right? We're talking, yeah. about, we're talking about higher education. Yeah. That's that's a good uh, that's a good segue. Is that a good intro?
0: <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, talking about higher education, mostly mostly I think about the downfalls, right? Not so much about the upsides.
1: But well, I think we're gonna we're gonna segue from sort of senior year in high school, freshman year in college. Um, you graduate from college, and then the, the life after graduation, right? Yeah, crippling post graduation debt. Yeah. That's the exciting stuff that you'll you'll find out while you're in college. you be like, oh, I don't have to pay for that because that's what that's what I was like when I was in college. I was like, oh, I'll pay for that later. But now that I'm paying for it, <laughs> I best you best believe if you're if you're if you're a um, college kid out there listening to this, don't be like, oh, I'm just I'll just pay for it later. I mean, you will pay for it later, but don't don't let that be your you know driving mentality that like like. You don't go to class. You don't do this. You don't do that because you're paying for those classes. You better go. To you're, you're paying. You're paying a
0: lot of money. Like it, it's hundreds and hundreds of dollars per class. I think someone did the math. I can't remember the exact amount, but yeah, you're paying for it, and uh, they'll pull. It's gonna pull a Liam Neeson. They will find you, and they will make you pay. They, and they will, yeah, kill you.
1: <laughs> well, you know, you know the the winter is coming. Is yeah, student loans
0: are coming. Oh, did you see did you see that cap and gown of the woman who, who did that? Yeah. Yeah, that's got a good cool. was, that
1: was one. that wasn't original what I just said, but Yeah. Um, yeah, copyright.
0: Um so yeah, but it all it all starts in high school,
1: right? Right. I I think that's sort of I don't I don't think senior year. I think maybe like summer going into senior year in high school, like when you're getting ready for the SATs. Well, when when did you, when did we take the SATs? I can't remember. It was so long ago.
0: Well, my little sister, who's turning seventeen tomorrow, actually is t- just took the pre-SATs, and she's um almost she's she's almost done with her junior year of high school. So I, th- I think junior year is when you start to study, and she has an SAT tutor. Okay. Um, so I, I think junior year, beginning of junior year, is when you start to like get aware of it, become aware of it, and then and then after that, it's like okay, I'm gonna start studying and and then you you take them by the end of the junior year i think they're they should be
1: done okay and so let's use your sister as an example because that's sure um i mean we can use your sister as an example for someone who's who's not in college yet about to go to college yeah that's a good Um, idea and then we can use ourselves as an example for after college but using your sister for as an example she's studying for the um the sats taking the the psats the pre-sats yep um does her school provide her um, any study material or does she have to purchase that on her own? Is there, is there a tutor at her squad? I don't know if you know this information, but to to the best of your knowledge, do you know any of that?
0: Yeah, I uh, I do know some of it actually. So she goes to a public school uh, in our town, which is, it's it's like a nicer town, but um, they don't provide her any materials to study for the SATs. I think they provide them online resources like, oh, go, like, here and, like, review, like, this, like, test question, but they don't, uh, so I guess that those are resources, but I was thinking more of, like, physical books, because when we did it, I had, I, I, my dad had bought me, you know, physical SAT books to study and to, to go through, but now I think they just send them, like, practice tests online, so I, I want to say, yes, they provide them, you know, resources, but, it's you know it's not nearly as expensive as it would have been like an SAT book was hundreds of dollars, but an online course might be five bucks. You know, so it's just because technology it's gone down,
1: right? And essentially, my question was just based off the fact that like, is her school paying for study material that she would have to pay on her own? No, 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 it no, not be for the school. So they're no. not. No, she's okay. paying for it. Okay, so I think that leads me into my. Um, next sort of argument question argument but um so um you would say that your you know, the, the area that your sister lives in and your family's from is is more of a um you know upper middle class or middle class higher yeah. income, not, not necessarily yeah. like low income area so the, yes. the school she goes to is a pretty good school
0: yep it's it's one yeah. it's
1: a really good public school yeah absolutely and i'm sure that her um teachers are preparing her well enough for the sat so my question to you is take your sister, for example, and then let's take um, what's what's a town uh, around Shrewsbury or around uh, in Massachusetts that's um, lower income lower income area. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll say Worcester. Worcester is a, a city. Um, there's good and
0: bad parts of it, but there are some worse parts parts and it'll be good for this example. So, yeah, Worcester is a
1: uh, there's some bad, bad schools there. Yeah. Or lower, lower income schools. So. Let's take, um, and the reason why I ask that is because I'm assuming that someone in a lower income neighborhood will have less discretionary income to spend on sort of study material guides, whereas someone that's from, um, you know, a higher income area uh, will have more resources. It's it's fair to say, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So let's take a kid from, from Worcester and then a kid from Shrewsbury and... And then they go take the test. They go take the SAT. Do you think one has more of an upper hand than the other? Or do you think um, it's kind of like, you know, figure it out, how to get it done? Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, I, I think the answer is, of course, the person who has, you know, has more money is going to, you know, might be more well prepared. Um, and the reason I think that is, and again, this could just be like a personal thing, but, you know like my parents, I know, like really want her to do well. So they'll make sure to get her the necessary resources. I know she has a tutor, an SAT tutor. So just, just on the, like you said, just on the basis of discretionary income, she like they, they have the ability to do better. And my parents, you know, know the value of good education, at least, you know, that's the perceived, like the perceived value of a good education. Um, so yeah, so I, I think for sure that, they'll, she'll be more prepared than someone who comes from a lower class, uh, location. I mean, don't, don't you, do you think so too, or do you have a different opinion? No, I, I
1: agree. Um, and I, and I would also kind of note that like, uh, you have sort of, when you have more income, you have more, not necessarily more time, but you have the ability to, you know, buy those things that you wouldn't normally buy if you kind of were on a, a strict budget. And not only that, but, these, I'm sure these parents who are in these lower income neighborhoods have to work multiple jobs. And their sort of their priorities are on making enough money to buy food, um, making enough money to pay rent. It's not sort of a priority for them to buy these, these study materials for their kids. And not, that's not to say they don't want their kids to do well in school. It's just they have other more pressing issues to worry about. So, uh, that that in that sense, I would ag- I would agree with you that that they're kind of you know they get off on the wrong foot. Whereas someone that has the ability to you know pay for those books has a better chance and opportunity to do well in the SAT. And the reason why I bring up the SATs is because that's kind of the the um, that's kind of what the test you take that decides sort of what school you go to, right?
0: Yeah, your your future and yeah. I'm sure we're we'll going to get into it, but it's just crazy. Like it's it's one test and it's one number, and like it'll make or break a lot of your potential, like prospects for colleges. Which then, obviously, I mean, you can just go down the line, which then sets you up for like a great job, and then that sets you up for the rest of your life. So it's like, you know, you do bad on one test, and like
1: you you could kind of screw up your whole life. Kind of. You know, we well, know what I'm saying. And, and and I think you and I are in the situation now after already being out of college, working, you know, uh, you know, post-grad life, Sure. we understand now, looking back on it, that how important that test was. And maybe, maybe we understand more now how important it was than when we were taking the test or even before the test. Oh, yeah. Because I, when, you're, when you're a kid in high school, you don't really understand, you can't, you can't see the future. You can't see five, six years down the road. You can't understand that that one test is going to affect you six, seven, eight, you know, until you retire, it's going to affect you because that affects where you go to school, where you go to school affects where you get internships, where you get internships affects where you get a job. And that's kind of the, that's kind of the, the base of, of, of what's to come after, after you graduate from high school.
0: Yeah. There's a lot riding on that test. No, it's so true. Like, like my little sister, like I said, she's going through it right now and, and she's a really good softball player and all she cares about, and rightfully show so she's sixteen, turning seventeen, is playing softball. Like she's like, I wanna play softball. I wanna do really well at it, maybe play in college, but right now for her it's I wanna have fun with my friends. I wanna, you know, be good at this sport. And she still studies really hard and does well in school. But to now she has to, you know, study for this SAT test, which is kind of not even relevant to anything Um, is it's just more added pressure on top of it. It's it's, it also is is carrying weight that she doesn't even know about too. So there's just all this added pressure and um, it's just unfairly
1: weighted for someone for most for most high school kids, you know. Right. So because of that, because of that pressure and and that, you know, I mean, you know, like we said, you don't really know, you know five, six years down the road. You can't, like, think that far ahead when you're in high school. But a test, you know, affects you, you know, more so um, close to you when you're applying for college. Like, you can feel it when you're applying for colleges. when a college says, hey, you don't have this score. I mean, we can't we can't accept you. Right. And um, so. The next, the, the kind of next thing I want to get into is okay. You you've taken the test, you've gotten mm. your score, and we've already we've already noted that there are kids in lower income neighborhoods that have less of an opportunity to do well on the test. Before we jump forward about yeah, freshman, yeah of course. All right, cool. I was, I was reading a
0: few different articles about it, and one person was saying, well, first off, in the SATs, just just to like show how ridiculous this test is. Sometimes it's more strategic. And and just to to talk about how bizarre the SATs are, it's more strategic to skip questions than to actually answer them. So you get one point in the SATs if you get a correct answer. If you get uh, an answer incorrect, you lose one quarter of a point. And if you skip a question, you don't gain or lose any points. So just on that basis alone... The whole how they weight the, the questions and and the scores all off. You know what I'm saying? That's absurd. Yeah. And then and then um, this one guy, his name's Mike Barrett. He's he's like an SAT SAT tutor in uh, I think New York actually. But he, he was talking about how he's been tutoring for years and years and years for the SATs, and he was saying how taking the SATs literally requires a totally different skill set than what you need in high school and what you need in college. He was saying it's, like, it's its own
1: standalone skill set. Just, just based on the fact that they take off points for answering a question wrong, but you, you don't even answer the question, but you don't get any points taken off. Yeah. So the, the question that's not answered is wrong, too, because there's no answer. No. How, I, know. Do, I, don't, I don't understand that. And then, then that, that's, just, that's just a prime example of how absurd the test is. Um, Especially and at it's, that age. Yeah. And, it's a, and literally, it's like I said, it's a specific skill. Uh,
0: there's this guy, Sam Ashergoth from Long Island, where you're from, Alex. And he was actually arrested for taking the test for other students. And he took it like 15 times over the course of a few years. He made like $3,000 per test. So literally, just look at like, what the market... Like what the market value is saying for supply and demand is like okay, there's not a lot of people who can do well. This guy is good. Like let's pay him, and he would score in this 97th percentile each time.
1: Um, I wonder how those kids did that paid for that in college. Yeah did and did you use did you use a tutor at all? No, I didn't, and and I think that goes back to our point. It's like I didn't use a tutor, nor did I kind of want to use a tutor but looking back on it now i wish i did um but my parents never really pushed um hey you should take you should use a tutor they kind of they bought me an sat book but it was kind of okay it's up to you to you know, study and, and do well um, but what did, did you only take the test once no i actually took it three times okay
0: i, di- I did as well so i so what was? Do you remember the, the increase in score from the first time you took it to the third time you took it? Because I took it three times, but I had a tutor.
1: Uh, I don't remember the increase in score. I just know that they increased every time I took it. Okay, um, at least so, the math did. I can't. I don't remember the other part. But um, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because my tutor charge I
0: think was like a hundred dollars an hour, and uh, and my score went from. So in the Massachusetts, they, they do, like, the three-part test. It's, like, math, writing, and I forget what the other one is, reading or science. or yeah, something. Yeah, it's
1: a standardized test. That's so the same in every state, but...
0: Yeah, okay, okay. So, yeah, I went from a like 1440 to, like, a 1740, so I increased 300 points. But I, on, to be honest with you, like, I think if it wasn't for that tutor, I wouldn't have gotten into Bryant University, where we went, because my GPA was so bad. It was, like, a 2.7
1: out of 4.0. Right. So... And do you, would you, you think you would have taken that, used that tutor if your parents weren't paying for it?
0: No, no way. No way.
1: Exactly. No way. I, and, I, don't, I didn't care about it. And it set you up for um, success using that tutor. Exactly. The
0: couple thousand dollars we spent like, put me on the track where I am today. And it, just to go back to the previous point of it just being like the SAT taking is a skill in and of itself. My tutor taught me that hey, like there are tips and tricks for you to navigate these questions because they're trying to trick you. So he, t- he gave me like, the inside scoop so I wouldn't be uh, tricked up on you know, dumb questions that, that would have otherwise tricked you know, the normal
1: person because they didn't prepare for it. Right. And, and the fact that we use that test to decide where kids go to college is just absurd because some kids don't have the ability to get tutors like that, and, and they don't know those tricks and tips. They don't know that not answering a question is better for you than answering it wrong. Exactly. They, they, they hide these things. They make it extra tricky for, for some, some odd reason. It's like they're trying to trick kids. I, I, I don't get it. Um, do, you, do you think there should be
0: some sort of alternative? To,
1: I, I think, yeah. like I said before, I think you should take sort of a more um, encompassing view of, of an individual rather than just one test. Um, and only use that test if the kid hasn't done anything else. Like for example, I was vice president of my senior class, I was captain of the soccer team, I was a kicker on the football team, I did track, tennis, um, I was in class cabinet, I was in foreign language club, like I did all these things but in reality, the only the only real thing people were looking at was was one test. Those, those are some nice humble brags, Alex. Yeah.
0: No. <laughs> no, it's true. No, 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 no. It's true. Like, honestly, like if I see if I see like if I'm if I'm a college um, administrative, you know, employee and I'm looking at you coming in and I see all these things, I'm like, oh, wow, this is like a very well-rounded student, as opposed to I see Alex Malhaas, you know, fifteen hundred. It, it tells a much different story right. um, there is there is a different standardized test called the CLT classic learning test it's it was founded in 2015 it's at like 130 universities um, and they claim to be different uh, but I took the test or part of it today and it's like 120 questions two hours long they give you the same day test results and they claim to be different in how it's so unique and and, and better and uh, I'll tell you the same exact shit as the SAT. It's, like, so confusing.
1: <laughs> so, I don't the know. the thing. It's, like, so you were, to take, you were to take that test right now, today, I guarantee you, you probably wouldn't do that well on it. you probably do, you know, average. Maybe a little bit better than you did in high school. Sure. But how smart you are, what you know now, like, your you're computer... Um, Engineer, engineer, whatever you write code, you you know you know that's very difficult thing to do. But how can that one test tell you this kid is going to be great at uh, computer science? This kid's going to be a great history professor. This kid's going to be a great mathematician. You can't use you can't use three three broad um, subjects to to. Understand a kid and, and what they can be and where they can go. College is meant to be something that a tool that can help you, help you understand how to think, help you understand how to learn, and help you understand how to, how to you know find what your passion is. And we talked about this in another podcast about passion. Um, and, and colleges are more focused on teaching you information that doesn't necessarily benefit you after graduation. I think. And I know we're jumping ahead here, but it goes hand in hand with the SAT. It's like the SAT is learn like taking time out of our day to get a tutor for a test that really doesn't really help us learn. Like when, they, when you're trying to learn tricks on taking a test, like that's not right. you. are learning. It's basically learning how to cheat. That's exactly. Not, like That's not helping you. And, and, and these tutors, they're telling you this is what you have to do. So in the, that in itself is just absurd to me. And then in college, we're we're taking tests that that information and and like I said before, I've taken classes that I love. I've also taken classes that I hate. But what those classes had, what they didn't have in common was the professors, classes that I love wasn't just the subject. Those professors wanted you to not only do well in the test, but it wasn't just about the test. It was about you learning Mm -hmm. because that's what you're paying for. Who cares if you get a G, Like your GPA is just a number, but but what you what you learn and what you take away from college, that'll last a lifetime.
0: Exactly, and and being able to critically think and 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 have problems to be able to approach them. Like, I'm not sure if I'm not sure if the SAT can be replaced with some sort of like project based thing where like, hey, here's a problem, go solve it. But what you need to be able to to learn is is how to critically think and solve problems on your own. Like you know, think critically, like be resourceful. You know, it's, it's the real world. You can Google things, you can ask for help, just figure it out. You know, it's not about, oh, you can't use your notebook. Oh, you can't use Google. Oh, it's closed book. Oh, you have to study. It's like, okay, but that's not how everything works. It's like, if I have a coding question, I'll Google it. If I have a business question, I'll call someone. I just, I just figure it out. And I've learned how to be resourceful and that's more valuable than an SAT score. It's more valuable than than a GPA. It's more valuable than a lot of things.
1: Let's say you didn't – let's say using an example to make it just – make it more pronounced how, how uh, obscured it is. Let's say you're sitting at your desk at work. You don't understand how to, how to write something in code or whatever. Sure. And you have you – have, um, let's say your dad is like really good at code. You're sitting at your desk at work. You think your boss is going to care if you pick up the phone and say, hey, how do you do this? Because no, he – he wants it to get done. He doesn't care how it gets done. He doesn't care how you get it done. He wants it to get done. But can you imagine sitting in class in college taking a test, your professor's up, everyone's quiet, time on the clock, whatever. And you pick up your phone in the middle of class, dial your <laughs> phone up, dial the phone and ask your dad, "Hey, how do you do this question on this test?" <laughs> like what do you think your professor would say? I
0: they would, they would probably have threatened to expel you because you're cheating so obviously and like disrespectfully, which is preposterous because you're just asking for help. And like, <laughs> that's who you want to call. Like, I remember my when I worked at Wayfair as a software engineer, my bosses would promote me to ask others for help because they want you to code. They want you to build the thing, but they want you to build it the right way. So they encourage you to ask for help and seek advice and and talk to people because, they know at the end of the day you're going to become smarter because of it, and that's what it all comes down to is being the best you at that thing and one of the best ways to do it is through mentors and, and
1: people who can help you. I, yeah, I agree. I think the best way to learn something is by continuously doing it and practicing if, if, if you take a test and you study for it and let's say you get let's say you get an 80 on a test You basically did you completed 80 percent of the work you think your boss wants you to complete 80 percent of the work on a test no he's going to let you use any resource you have in order for you to complete 100 percent of it yeah and, and and that's the important part of it and, I, and i'm not saying that taking tests isn't important and understanding and being sort of um you know being grounded Mind- and, and yeah. mindful yeah like like you should study for tests and tests are important and, and they have some you know, benefits, but at the same time, it's, it's, it's the way sort of universities are teaching us and we'll get into this later when we get into the crippling debt part, it makes you even more obs- like angry and, and sort of furious when you, when you make monthly payments for student loans, just to understand that the education you got from your university could have you could have gotten it on YouTube. Watching YouTube for two weeks for free.
0: Exactly. Yeah. It, yeah. I completely agree. Um, and yeah, I learned a lot of things from Udemy.com. Where it's basically like a website where you can, you know, take classes and learn stuff. So, yeah, it's and you know, it's like ten dollars classes. I took a ten dollars coding ten. I took a ten dollars coding class. I got a six figure job offer a few weeks later because of that class, not because of school, because of that class. So. I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer to the SAT question is, but it's something to continue to ponder. Um,
1: some also would, would argue that school helped you understand how to learn in order to understand how to take that class. But, you yeah, know. I, I, I would no, disagree with that, yeah. I mean, there, there's some truth behind that. And that's why yeah. going to, going to, going to um, higher education, uh, undergrad, graduate, whatever, there's, there's definitely some benefits to it. I'm not knocking it. Like, like. But that's assuming that in a perfect world that all your professors are perfect teachers. Because in in my mind, the person who's best at teaching you is yourself. Because you know how you learn. You know how to, you know, understand material. And and if one professor teaches one way that's not conducive to your learning, you're not going to do well.
0: Instead of, here's,
1: here's the information. No professor. Here's the information. Every test is the same. Everything is the same. You go out, you learn it. You do whatever you have to do to learn it, but just, learn it. But just and, learn it and and understand
0: it. More importantly, don't just regurgitate it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. All right. Let's go back to that freshman year question. Can you can you just like briefly mention it again? So you have two people going to college.
1: One comes from a lower income There's family. Going where- to college, and one got a great education at a high like. Highly funded um, school. Uh, school. Because schools are funded through tax dollars. And if and if you're if your municipality doesn't have you know a high um higher income areas there's less tax dollars to fund your school, less money to pay your teachers, you're getting less qualified teachers, you're getting um less uh you know material for your classrooms, like chalkboards, um textbooks and all that, just less less stuff for kids to you know learn. So right. in that sense, you're already behind because you, you just don't have the ability. And and a lot of times in these um, lower income neighborhoods, these kids are worried about, you know, other things. because so there's a lot of violence that goes on in these, in, these, in these neighborhoods and a lot of things that like you have to grow up quick in these neighborhoods. Right. So their minds aren't necessarily the, the same on the same playing field as someone who doesn't have to worry about the everyday worries that they have. Um, so... So you have a kid in that lower income neighborhood with everything I just said, and he manages to get uh, good enough grades to get into, uh, and I know I used Harvard as an example before, but maybe that's a bad example. Let's use, um, I don't know, like, uh, let's use University of Georgia, like, like a state. Sure. He manages to get into the University of Georgia. And then same kid, like I said, higher income neighborhood, more funding. More textbooks, better teachers,
0: less everything, worries.
1: That, everything that comes with money, no, doesn't have to worry as much, you know, walking home from school or if there's going to be food on the table when, when they get home. Um, so they have more of a conducive environment for them to learn and, and you know, succeed. So they end up at the same college. And w- what a GPA is in college is sort of an average of all your classes, all your classes GPAs. You average up all the classes, and that's, that's basically the number that you get shot out with. Right. But classes freshman year are weighted the same as classes senior year. And I know that classes freshman year are more 100, 200-level classes. They're, they're supposed to be easier classes. But we already, already discussed yeah. that these classes aren't necessarily easy because of the number. They're easy because of the professor. Because you, you and I can both agree that we've had some professors in 400 classes that – barely taught and was easier than a, a hundred level or 200 level class. Can you agree on that?
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So, so we use freshman year and senior year on the same level playing field. I said before these kids that are coming into college, aren't all coming in on a level playing field. So right. oh, that's a good point. So do you think that, that using sort of a, um, um, a GP, an average GPA for all the all the all semesters and all your you know freshman, sophomore, junior, senior year. Do you think that all of those classes should be weighted the same, or do you think kind of as you go up in 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 grades, as you go up in um, you know, class, so you go from freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. Do you think that the classes should you know gradually get weighted more? Because not yeah. only not only are you learning in college, you know, learning in class. But now these kids that are on the, the lower level field when they come in freshman year, they have a chance, they have an ability to to learn and to and to understand, hey, oh, this is how you do that. Hey, this is how you're supposed to take notes. Hey, this is because you don't exactly. you don't just understand that right when you get to college. Like that's something that, that that gets, you know, learned etched into you. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I yeah, that I think that's a that's a really good question and a really good thought. Um for for the person coming from you know the lower class. I think, you know, like you said, that they're worried about other things. And and I think just at the end of the day, they just have a bigger learning curve when they start. Um, And so it takes them some time to catch up. Because, you know, in high school, I remember my dad always saying, like, hey, use index cards to study or whatever. And like, he would give me show me different studying techniques. And you know, I'm sure different people have different ways of doing it. And so for me, I was I was able to learn how to study and learn how to, you know, navigate through school. Because again, it is a lot of memorization and regurgitation and so if you can learn the tips and tricks you'll be ahead of it and so so yeah so I think the person for sure with you know that that family who's going to teach them how to do that will will be better off uh, especially in the beginning and so it when you think of it like that it's like it doesn't make sense that all the classes are weighted equally in the beginning because I guarantee you that that kid who started freshman year who came from the lower class family is not going to be, will be a completely different person by the time they're a junior or a senior, because they would have learned, you know, from being around their peers and just from being in the environment, how to succeed in this type of environment, whereas they might have
1: not otherwise given their, uh, you know, unfortunate circumstances. Right. And, and I would agree with you. And, and, on, on another sort of area let's take let's take income levels out of it let's just take you know two kids sure i know you remember this because i remember this vividly remember when you had to pick classes for the next semester yes you remember how i know a lot of people around me they wouldn't pick a class for a subject that they were actually interested in they would go on sort of things like rate my professor and all that and they would find a professor that was easy so just Correct. in that in that sense we have to pick a professor that's going to grade us easier because we're worried about an essay we're worried about a gpa instead of Correct. picking a class that would we would like because when you when you under when you enjoy a topic you under, you it helps you understand it more it helps you because you want to learn you want to read up on it you want to study Great. it like that's more of a you know conducive environment for you to learn but kids aren't picking classes because it's what they want to do kids are picking classes because they want they want an easy class to get a good grade because they know that that grade is going to affect them more than if they like the class or not
0: isn't that such like bullshit though like you're paying so much money you're paying so much money to like take classes and don't you want to do something that you love to do and enjoy to do like, but, but yet here, here, the majority of students are almost all of them. Cause we knew like all of them, at least at our school, trying to pick the easiest professors and not the things that they're interested in. Like in school, I loved tech, but I never took any tech classes because the professors like were really bad and I wanted to get a good job after school. And I don't think I, I don't think I really put it together until
1: you just said it, but now I'm kind of pissed. sometimes it takes other people stating a fact for you to understand it yeah it's so true it's like
0: i i I want to take all these cool computer classes but the professors were either like really really hard and, and just weren't good professors and so i was with my gpa at risk it wasn't worth it you know i'd rather do i'd rather take the easy way out and not do something that i'd like to do as a and get a good GPA as opposed to doing something I love to do, suffering through it, getting a, getting a bad GPA, but enjoying it. I don't know. It it just
1: Yeah, that that's really and, and I think what makes you more angry is the fact that you're paying the same amount of money as as a another kid who who got the easy professor, who continuously got the Easy Professors and And you know that, that just I mean that would make me angry too. Like, and, and I think that leads us into sort of um, the, the post-graduation sort of talks mm-hmm. about student loans and all that. And, and actually, let's, let's bring it back. So you, you, have, you have your GPA. Yep. Senior year you graduate, you have your GPA. And we already kind of noted that, that kids are not, you know, um, playing, on a, playing on a level playing field uh, freshman right. year. So they graduate whatever, they have their GPA, they had to do what it took to get whatever they got. Yep. So that GPA is, is the number that they shoot you out with into the real world. And they say, okay, this is what you're worth. Go find a job. <laughs> yep, basically. Right? Basically, yeah. Yeah, so... So, and, and it's not only the fact that they shoot us out with a number. What else they shoot us out with, Nick? You said it before. A diploma. A diploma, <laughs> and how much... And the price of that diploma. Oh, and yeah. That, that lot, comes with that diploma.
0: A lot, lot of student debt.
1: Right. So I've recently read up on, on on cost of tuition and student loans. And student loans, the, the debt is rising tremendously. The amount of uh, debt that's taken out, the amount of um, the, not only the, the universities are getting more expensive, but the interest rate for these. Um, loans are getting higher and higher and higher. Do you know it's why not, college prices are increasing? Um, Do you have any guesses? Well, my guess is. I, I know. I, at least
0: I have, I have some insights, I think.
1: It's not I'll necessarily just tell a you. guess, but, but the Obama administration in 2010 uh, made a decision that all, all federal student loans issued by the federal government, all, all student loans had to be issued by the federal government rather than um, um, a portion being issued by private banks. So, this this gave uh, universities the ability to um, raise their prices. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's one reason why they did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's good. That's good. But ever since that decision in 2007, prices have risen over 500 billion. Sorry, sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. Not 200, not not, uh, 2007, 2013, prices have risen 500 billion since then.
0: Really? Yeah. yeah. Um, Adam Davidson is a New York Times columnist. And he's kind of talking about, like, like cause, because, like, obviously there's a lot of student debt. But, you know, you have to first ask, ask yourself, OK, well, why is college still got, like, so expensive in the first place? Um, and basically what it comes down to is when you have higher tuition, it allows colleges to shape their student body for exactly who they want to bring into their school. Basically, like, if you have a higher tuition, it's easier for schools to offer discounts to students that they want. So, for example, a $50,000 college. Some students can pay $10,000 a year. Some students can pay $30,000. Only a few can pay full price. But say, you know, Bryant University, $50,000 a year, wants to attract, for example, um, you know, Asian kids who grew up in Georgia, for some example. They can offer those kids the Asian kids in Georgia a huge discount on the college tuition, and it looks really good and they say, "Oh wow, I'm getting this for you know forty thousand dollars less each semester or each year excuse me and so it and so basically it's just like an old school pricing strategy where they say, "Hey, you want this thing? it's fifty dollars? Oh, we'll mark it down eighty percent to ten dollars." And so, and so that's kind of where it comes from. And so they, they increase the price so that they can have the power to, you know, reduce the price. It's, just, it's literally just like like an old school car salesman. Like, oh, this this car is $50,000, but I'll give it to you for thirty. dollars um, So I thought that was kind of an interesting perspective. And so how it like kind of just changes, you know, just, just change the price and offer someone a discount. And then you can kind of control exactly who comes into your school and what that looks like.
1: All right. And... And why why do individuals go to college? What's what's the main reason? The value of a college education. Well, what is it? What does a college education get you?
0: Oh, right, a job.
1: Exactly. So the only reason not the only reason. I mean, obviously people go to school. I mean, we go to school to to learn to better ourselves. And education isn't just something that stops when you graduate. I think education stops when you die. You're constantly learning, constantly understanding information. And if you think that if you think that you, you stop learning right after you graduate college and that that's just absurd and that, that just doesn't make any sense. But uh, employers, especially in corporate jobs and, and um, higher salary jobs, they take, um, they make you have, an, uh, have a degree, right? It's a necessity, yeah. right? They're not going to give you a job unless you have a degree for the most part. So, these colleges know that they know that you need a degree to get a job, so they go, "Oh, I'll just charge absurd prices for you to, you know, to for you to yep. get a job, because you're going to come to me anyway because you need me." It's, it's that so sort supply and Yeah, you need me, so I'm gonna sky- make the price go skyrocket, and.
0: It's, it's, a, it's a you need me, but I don't need you. That's what makes college so powerful is because we, we need the college. But because there's such a high su- supply of students who want to go to college, colleges don't really need us. And so, and so because they have that like, flexibility of people who are going to flock to them anyways, that just gives them the economic power to make tuition so expensive. And they can increase
1: it, you know, a thousand dollars a year, or a few thousand dollars a year. Right. And, and, um. and that sort of makes, I don't know about you, but that makes me feel, especially someone now that's paying back student loans, that makes me feel like I'm like handcuffed. You know what I mean? Like they're in charge. Like, yeah. like they can do whatever they want with me because uh, I, I don't have any other choice. I have, to, I have to go to college to get a degree. So yeah. uh, how can we change that? How, how can, because w- universities aren't going to change that employers are going to have to change that because in order for colleges to be less, um, in order for there to be less demand for college, we have to make it less of a demand for you to go to college. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, kind
1: of devalue a college degree type of thing. Right. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. and, And for someone who's already went to college and already has to pay back student loans, devaluing that degree will only hurt us right yes yeah it's like we're shooting ourselves in the foot yeah because we already paid for it and now they're devaluing it so what the hell but i'm not worried about that i'm worried about all the other kids um in high school and 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 kids that you know aren't even born yet because i'm sure 20 years from now college prices are going to be probably double than what they are now um and and yeah it it goes up with inflation but it's it's rising at a faster rate than than inflation like oh yeah sir like and, and like you said before, you can take a $10 class on Udemy and learn more than, than taking, uh, I don't know how, each, each, how much each class was worth in college, but it's a lot more than $10. Yeah, a lot, uh, yeah. So what, what, what do you think employers can do to sort of combat this and, and make make it less of a requirement for a kid to have a, a, like a four-year degree?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, kind of like I said earlier, I mentioned, or I think I might have mentioned it. I, I think I, I'm a very strong believer in, like, project-based things. And even, even just, like, when I was applying to Wayfair, they were like, hey, like, we're going to do this coding interview with you. And, like, if you can do it, you got the job. If not, like, you're not, you're not doing it. And even, even while I'm hiring people for my own startup, I'm like, hey, look, at like I don't care about your college degree. I don't care what your background is. Like, this is what you have to do. Can you do it? no you can't okay you don't have the job or if you can okay that's great you're on the team and you're hired so i'm very much a strong believer in that like i don't care if you went to harvard i don't care if you went to your local community college i don't even care if you went to school like can you do the job like can you get the job done because that's all that matters right i mean it does does it matter what your gpa was in college at least you know from my perspective in the startup world um that's what I've noticed. And, and that's, that's what I care about, because who, like, who, would you rather have a Harvard grad who can't you know, sell your product, or a dropout of high school who's you know, selling you know, 50 units a day or something like that? You'd rather have the, the dropout. So I think if we can be some sort of project-based thing, that would be nice, but I'm also not naive enough to think that you know, we do need some sort of baseline
1: of some sort. Right. And I think the need for college has been socially constructed throughout the years. And, and it's, it's hard to sort of change an entire country's or not even country, but, you know, world. world's mentality, especially our first world countries where more kids go to universities. But it, it's hard to change that mentality and sort of, you know, make every employer sort of move to that. But I mean, the, the debt that kids that kids are coming out of college with is just insane and, and it kind of locks you down and, it, and it's it's terrifying for some people a lot of people have more debt than other people um right but it's just what do you what do you think
0: can, can be some that, that can kind of combat the 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 crippling debt of post-graduation um epidemic do you do you think because i guess the question is is like how can how can you still get you know, how can you still be valuable to a company and not go to college, right? Or, or how can we change it so it's not just about your GPA? Do you have any kind of, you know, thoughts on ways to,
1: you know, attack that problem? Well, I, as as, a, as someone applying for a job, as, as not an employer, but um, an employee, let's say, I, I can under, I know exactly what they can do to do that. They can, after they graduate high school, they can they can take, you know, work, take classes, um, take online classes like at Udemy. Um, they can shadow someone because and not not have to pay. Like they're not going to pay them to for free. They can learn how to um, how to be, you know, how to, how to learn, learn how to learn. I know that sounds stupid, but it's, it's essentially what it is. It's you're learning how to understand information, how to take notes, how to do this, and you can do it all all for free at a very or at a very very low price
0: right be an independent learner
1: right once you can be an independent learner that's when you can just you can basically the world is your oyster you know you yeah. can learn whatever you want but that's why i say for the employee and the worker they can do that i understand as an employer you have to you have to be like okay like how do I, you may know what you you might know what you you know you might know what you know but how do I know that whatever you, you're telling me is accurate? Because you, be you might be a good talker in the interview, but how do I know that you actually know what you're you know, talking about? Right. And how do I know that it's just not bullshit behind, behind your statements? Right. And, and when you have a degree that you spent thousands, thousands of dollars on, that kind of gives you more validity. And, and to them, I mean, that's what they use to you know, validate your, what you're saying.
0: Right. The perception of the college education, you know, it, it is great. But yeah, I mean, just because someone paid a few hundred thousand dollars for a piece of paper does not therefore mean that they, they know what they're talking
1: about. Right. And let's say you go in an interview and someone asks you a finance question, specifically, like, uh, I don't know, a very specific finance question. And you know the exact answer because you studied for the interview or whatever. Yeah. You, you, you prepared for the interview. But- you did really well in the interview and you did you did great on that question but you don't have that four years of education that go with that question yep. so so you might have answered that one question but how do i know that you're not just you didn't just get lucky and study that one question i asked you and then you then i hire you come on the job and you don't know you know you don't know what you're doing right I think, yeah i think that's what employers are probably afraid of when they're hiring someone if they don't have an education because at least when you have an education you had four years to learn something they know you did because you paid for it and you were there and you learned it but when you're learning on your own it's hard for them to understand that you actually learned on your own do you think it's
0: that's a really good point too do you think it's kind of like the the pay your dues mentality which is a mentality that i'm strongly against
1: like we did it so you have to do it too
0: exactly yeah it's like it's like oh you like you can't apply to this job, you don't have a college education, or what's even worse is like, like, oh, you're 24, you can't run your own company, like, you're only 24, like, you have to be in corporate America for 10 years and learn under them, and then maybe you can start your own company. The idea that, like, pay your dues, you have to put your time in, which I know, you know, some people say it's very much a millennial thing, it's not just a millennial thing, people have been saying it for decades and decades, but, um, you know, having to, you know, put your time in is something that I think is kind of like, it's kind of bullshit. So
1: when
0: you're when you can be an independent learner, like bringing it back to the, like, figuring it out yourself, then you don't have to kind of pay your dues. And you don't have to, I guess, I guess, you know, go through all that time and and spend all that money. Um, That, that being said, it only kind of works if you want to do something by yourself or work for someone who's very open minded, you can't go to uh, Price Waterhouse, which is a big accounting company without a college education, like they're just not even going to look at you, you know, All right. so you, you have to pick who you're going to attack um, or go after if you if you decide not to go get a college degree.
1: All right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so- it, it's a it's in. I mean, it, it's a war that, that that that's being fought between universities and kids. And right now they're in control. And I think that one day, um, hopefully, that you know the tides will turn, and and um, we'll get more, or not will, but uh, kids will get more sort of power to to choose um, their path rather than have their path chosen for them.
0: Do Do you know how many uh, do you know how many student loan borrowers there are in the United States?
1: Forty-four million.
0: Okay. Yes, you do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love did you look, yeah. $1.5 trillion in student debt, student yep. loan debt in the U.S. The average student, uh, at least in the class of 2016, has about $37,000 in student loans, um, which which is, you know, neither here nor there. It's I, I mean, it's not great, but, you know, if you're an engineer, it's nothing. Um, like a software engineer, like that's a high paying job. But if you're a uh, Latin American history major, then, then that's a lot of money. So, it, right. <laughs> being able to pay it off is, is, uh, is a challenge depending on again, what you decide to major in college. But um, yeah, do you regret going to
1: college, Alex? Or do you think it was do you think you made the right decision? No, I don't regret it. Um, I'm glad I went. But what I do regret is the price I paid for it because I can tell you right now, and I will tell this to any professor, anyone at Bryant University where we went, that the price I paid for that education was not worth it at all.
0: How much do you think it was worth? Do you, I know it's a tough question, but
1: because, because, so I mean, just okay, so,
0: Bryant University is $50,000 a year. So it's $200,000.
1: So, so obviously you have to pay your professors. I mean, they're there to teach. You have to pay grounds crew, you have to pay this, that. But when you're working, when you're going to school at for a for-profit university, a, a private school, um, I think there should be you know, sort of a, a margin on there. Like they make you know, X percentage on you, but th- that margin is, for what it costs to run a university, and I'm not sure of these numbers, but I, it's safe to assume that when you charge one single person $50,000 a year and you have over 3,000 students on your campus, that it doesn't cost that much to run a university. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm Literally curious, I'm curious to know to the show. margin.
1: I'm curious to know the margin on that. Like the, the, the cost that they, it is to run the university and then the, um, the income that they have coming in from, from the kids going to college
0: yeah and uh and but they'll and never not only, share it with you. no they'll never share it but then they also have endowments because people are always donating and so they, they probably have dozens of millions of dollars in these endowment funds um i actually know because some of i have a friend who or a few friends who who work in in that uh part of the university and you know they have dozens of millions of dollars just in their endowment to help pay for different things so it's not even just a cost of tuition they also have all this extra well i'll say quote-unquote extra money um so yeah, yeah I'm, <clears throat> I'm sure i'm sure the margins are are high and uh i don't know maybe we should maybe we should start our own university
1: because it seems like a business gonna, idea that's
0: what i was gonna say we just needed yeah i think we could do it but uh yeah so i mean you know that's kind of the general topic of taking you through the SATs, freshman year, crippling debt, post-depression. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll talk about the upsides one day.
1: <laughs> so um, if, if you're a kid in high school right now, i will leave you with some final words. Understand what, understand, and I know it's hard for you to understand now because you haven't gone to college yet, but understand how expensive college is, and, and how, mo- how long you'll be paying it off, and Take that and understand, okay, this is, I want to go to this school. I want to go to that school. Don't go to a school because you like to party. Don't go to a school because um, it's in great climate or the weather is great. Go to a school because that's what you like. That's what you want to learn. And that's what you think can get you the best job coming out of college. Cause we talk about how, you know, universities charge you an astronomical price to go there. And I mean, we, we, we get angry at them, but in reality, there's nothing you can do about it. So Take what you have and make the best decision. Go to university because it's an investment and you're going to be paying it back for the next you know, 10 years. So, so pick a university, pick a degree, pick a major that will, will benefit you the most after graduation.
0: Yep. It's, it's real money. It's not just a number on a piece of paper. You'll actually have to you know, pay it back. And you know, best case scenario, it'll be 10 years. Worst case scenario, you know, 30 years, 40 years, uh, maybe more. So yeah, that's, those are some good, uh, good parting words. Lemon water out.